0: Hey, this is CollarWorks Radio and I'm your host Justin Baker. With me this week is photographer Jay Houston. This is part two of our extended interview. Houston is currently an artist showing in a group exhibition at CollarWorks Gallery called Art Standstill. It's an exhibition that looks at the freedom of movement, or not. This is part two, we record it in CollarWorks first time have a listen okay so uh, just in reading some of the articles that I had read where you had done interviews uh, last night uh, you talked a little bit about um, how queer culture is presented for um, like consumption um, like mass consumption You talked a little bit about um, the rainbow flag, Um, but in your work, you're trying to show um, maybe like a more personal or closer side to it. Um, Could you expand on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so I think um, often queer culture is kind of like, and queer people in the queer community are segued into like two main things which would be like pride or drag that's kind of how that's where our representation like lies and um you know other iconography and like celebrities can maybe fit into like closer to the drag side where everything's about performance spectacle and um that's not really actually helpful because it's a very like one-sided depiction um which is drag is a super and performance is a super important part of our community but if that's all that's used um for straight consumption that that's kind of a problem um, and then um, in terms of pride, it's often uh, like, you know, it, one month is not enough. Uh, one weekend is not enough um, for us to be able to feel like we can be in public space. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm interested in like a representation that's more nuanced um, and maybe more complex. Um, and also that, it, that ties back into place. That's like about these utopias that I'm interested in like creating or looking at um, because that's really queer people are always depicted in defiance to something else whether that be like um you know straight um it it could be anything it could be like police and stonewall and um you know that or it could be like not being able to serve in the military or be transition and anything like that it could be any of our tangible struggles we're always depicted in like defiance to that or like against that as opposed to just being able to like have a space to exist and thrive it's always like you're fighting right Um, oh oh, interesting Uh,
0: so like just being part of it, and not Yeah, like,
1: and just, yeah, and not even yeah. being part of the system that uh, the patriarchy has created, but more being a part of our own systems that right. we create and communities okay. we create.
0: Interesting. Uh, do you, I want to go back uh, or think about just for a second um, how the the camera got involved or maybe your interest in photography and then ultimately uh, photographing the people around you. Um, how did you get interested in photography?
1: Um, yeah, I initially actually, I hadn't picked up a camera until I think my sophomore year of college of undergrad. Um, I did like webcam videos and like, you Mm -hmm. know, phone pictures and that kind of thing, which you hear a lot, I guess, from young photographers. Um, but, yeah I just I started taking photos Um, I started taking landscapes actually and I had a really hard time with it Mm -hmm. Um, that was definitely not my forte and so I thought I was just really bad at photography Um, (laughs) and then yeah no it was really difficult for me Um, but then I had this one mentor um, his name is Ross Mantle and his work is really great Um, and I feel like he just introduced me to like what photography could be and like photo Mm -hmm. books and long form narrative projects, which was something that I had never like conceptualized before. So I think once I found that format, then I started to be like, oh, like this is why photos can matter, and this is why, like, I can build them up in nuanced ways. Whereas before, I really, I didn't think I even understood what a photo could be. So it happened in undergrad, um, but okay. largely because of looking at other work and other photo books.
0: Right. So the idea of a, a book format that these, it, it's not just one photograph that right. that's like this heroic attempt, but like, you know, it's a many kind of nuanced. Oh, ways of looking.
1: Right. And um, that's a good way to put it because, I mean, you know, I can't... I know there are photographs that are nuanced that are one image, but mm-hmm. I, I can't even think of any off the top of my head because it's so hard to do. Right. Um, so, yeah.
0: Do you, in your work, do you try, like, in, in looking... In, or maybe in, in, you know, using the camera and photographing, do you... I never thought of this and I don't know why I'm thinking about it now, um, but do you try, like, to not let the previous image dictate the next image like do you not worry about like having like a jay houston look or is there something like that or um Um,
1: do you mean in terms of like sequencing or more in terms of taking photos yeah yeah um yeah i think my work has changed significantly over the past three years um just because i uh, was able to like just technically get much better than I was in undergrad. Yeah. Um, so I feel like um, the the look has changed, but I'm I'm always learning new things and incorporating them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like the gaze that everyone has, like uh, mm-hmm. they're, when they're looking at the camera, and then the types of positions that there's just like a high level of comfort and trust. Like people uh, give me a lot of trust, which I really appreciate, and I think that actually does end up lending to like the final aesthetic of the mm-hmm. image. Um, and maybe that is partially to why I'm still learning how to, um, how I can better incorporate landscape because that's something that, you know, I don't need to ask the landscape, but trust me. Right. So I think, I think it does come back like the actual aesthetics of the images and the sequencing and like, you know, how that goes, I think actually does lend back to like how the images are being made. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes what, sense. It does.
0: But what, I want to go back to your first failure of, of landscape. What, Do you remember specifically what it was or?
1: Oh, so many, so many. I've taken so (laughs) many terrible landscapes. I think what it turns, my my landscapes tend to be like, I'm finally figuring out how to get out of this, but I do feel like they tend to be super formalist in a way that uh, my other work can often break out of that for me at least. Um, and the landscapes I'm just now figuring out how to do that and I mean landscape is a very like what's considered like a very masculine um very like uh you know sterile like objective lens like that's kind of what people historically have uh like said about um landscape and so maybe I'm just like looking too much at that history and still trying to figure out how it works for me Mm -hmm. um but yeah I you know I think my first landscape was like of the like undergrad library or something and it was just it was so terrible it was was like overexposed and just it was terrible (laughs) oh that's funny yeah um I you know I um
0: I'm a photographer too and I I do remember my first foray into photography was landscape and I found it so underwhelming when I did it and I look back at the Film and I was just like it. It didn't have any of the grandeur. It didn't have like scale, and it didn't. You know, it was just like this awful. Yeah, you know, I thought I was going to be like Ansel Adams or something. Right. this. It's hard. Uh But you know, I in looking just like briefly through, not even briefly, but looking through the images I saw, you you have this really. There's a a, a kind of a um, uh, a really interesting. Um, perspective, I guess, or like a look when you like the landscape. I'm thinking of this tarp image I saw. Um, it was like a blue tarp and a oh, brick yeah. wall, and that was really interesting. I thought it was kind of like um, a little like, not quite really like Stephen Shore, but maybe Tim Davis or Alex Soth It was. It seemed very interesting to me, and um, and I, I like that. And I like I and I guess that's what when I was thinking about. Um, place and then the mixing of, you know, looking at, um, you know, people who, maybe your friends or, you know, like this whole wide thing and it kind of, you know, you're talking about a book format of image after image and it just seemed to like, oh, this is, seems like an interesting, you know, world that you're, you're starting to weave together, you know, and I could look into that, so...
1: Yeah, that's nice to hear. I am definitely trying to build a world. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: it, it seemed interesting. Is there, what else about Pittsburgh and that, I mean, you, you come from, uh, you were born in Michigan, not that that matters, you grew up in...
1: Well, I actually, I did live in Michigan for 10 years, actually. Oh, okay. Um, and then I spent my second 10 years in um, in Jersey. In Jersey. Um. Yeah.
0: And then you go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. To, for school initially? Yeah, it was, to, I did move. to go to school.
1: Um, yeah, for Carnegie Mellon.
0: Wow, okay. Uh, what is it about that keeps you there? Or is there anything yeah. that, you know, what is it, I guess? I'm curious. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I love Pittsburgh. Um, I guess so many things. Um, one, it's very affordable, so I can actually work uh, like a couple days a week and um, um, still afford rent and still mm-hmm. save a little bit of money and... Um, I work freelance so that also helps with my flexible schedule, but, um, and, you know, additionally to that, my community there is so strong, both queer and arts communities are um, really strong, really tight-knit, um, even in the face of, like, not always having public space, people really do come through for each other, um, for the most part, and, um, project spaces, there's a ton of project spaces, and that goes back to the same reason it being so affordable, um, so there are a lot of project spaces and a lot of opportunities to perform and show your work and engage with people. Um, so I, I just love Pittsburgh because of those reasons. Um, but I guess the secret's out. I am moving to Queens in October. Um, (laughs) so I, that secret has already been out. So that's fine. Um, I mean, from kind of, um, but yeah, I I wouldn't leave if I didn't feel like it was time for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like there are certain things that I might want to do or experience that Pittsburgh has, does have kind of like a glass ceiling where there's nothing, there's nothing in between a project space and, like, a museum, per se. Right. You know, it's, like, we have, like, you know, the little project space on the street that I, you show at, like, three times, and then you have, like, the international, and there's there's just nothing in between, um, for the most part. That's, like, an overstatement. But, um, yeah, so I just think that in order to maybe, like, do a few other things that I'm interested in, I do need to leave for a period of time. Yeah. Um, but I love it and would not be surprised if I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well... Yeah.
0: Yeah Gonna expand your horizons Great Well you'll be in Queens Yeah Um, Which is cool too Yeah So um, Well I want to thank you It's been a pleasure talking to you And uh, getting to know you And um, Thank you for showing in Colorworks
1: Yeah Thank you so much for having me It's been great Great
0: That's the end of our extended interview with artist Jay Houston. Thank you again, Jay, for taking the time to talk to me about your work and where it's going. If you haven't seen the show, as always, go check it out. It's CollarWorks Gallery in Troy, New York. 621 River Street. And the entrance is in the back.